0: Amen. How many people are glad that the grave is empty? Take a seat in God's presence. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. It's great to see every single one of you here on site and here in the main auditorium. And a shout out to the many in our overflow rooms and a shout out to those who have joined us online today. We are here. And this morning for a few moments, I want to take you back to probably what is the most important familiar verse in the entire bible john chapter 3 verse 16 if you're here today and you know absolutely nothing about the bible john 3:16 is a great place to begin and if you know everything about the bible john 3:16 is a great place to return to and i want to declare to you that this verse these 26 verses can absolutely change your life john 3:16 reads for god so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want to share with you today that encompassed in this profound, familiar verse are the three decisions of Easter. The first decision of Easter is the decision to, to, to love. John said for God to so love the world the word for introduces the remedy and then he says for God you see friends everything begins with God because God is love Genesis 1:1 1, 1 says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in John chapter 1 verse 1 it tells us it tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God everything begins with God and God is love John said, for God so loved. The word so introduces us to the extravagance, the extent, and the greatness of his love. John said, for God so loved the world. And he had many Greek words that could have been used then, but he used a very significant word. It's the Greek word agape, which speaks of an unconditional covenant love, which means there's no strings attached to God's love. There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God. Neither heights, nor death, nor sickness, nor pain, nor mountains, nor valleys, nor sword, nor famine. Yea, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He loves us. He loves us. It's an unconditional love, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done. For God so loved the world, the world. I would imagine the Jewish audience of that day was, 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 was dumbfounded when, when, when it says, for God so loved the world, because they thought that God only loved the Jewish people. But here we learn that God doesn't just love the Jewish people. He loves the Gentiles. He loves everyone, whether you're from North America, South America, from Europe, from Africa, or Asia, or from Australia, where, Central, Central America, wherever you are from, God loves everybody. Your eyes have never locked with anyone that God doesn't love. He loves the people in Ottawa. He loves the people across Canada. He loves the people living on the streets downtown of Ottawa. He loves your neighbors. He loves your coworkers. He loves your classmates. He loves your children. He loves your siblings. He loves your parents. And he loves you so much. The first decision of Easter is the decision of love for God so loved the world the second decision of easter is the decision to give john said for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son god gave his son gave is an interesting word and it speaks of sacrifice it's love in action It's like God sent his son Jesus to earth and Jesus left heaven and came to earth and you're the reason. Then he went to a cross and he gave his life. The decision to give. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. One and only speaks of the uniqueness of Jesus because Jesus was not just son of man. Jesus was son of God. Jesus when he walked on earth was 100% God and 100% man. God left heaven, came to earth, took upon himself the form of man. He who did not sin, could not sin, became sin offering for you and for me and took our place on the cross. He loved us before we loved him. And he displayed his love when he became our propitiation, our penalty for our sin. Way back 2,000 years ago. When God left heaven and came to earth, baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is six miles outside of Jerusalem. And many people tell me that Bethlehem is the house of bread. And we know that Jesus is the bread of life. But many don't know that Bethlehem is also known as the house of meat. And specifically lambs. Because the Judean hills were outside of Bethlehem. King David came from Bethlehem. He was a shepherd boy. And thousands of sheep, thousands of lambs were born outside of Bethlehem in the Judean hills. Oh, I'm told that when a shepherd was there, when a little lamb was born, they knew that they needed a lamb that was without defect, a lamb that had no broken legs or no blemishes. In order for the lamb to be offered for the many sacrifices in the Old Testament, two lambs a day would be sacrificed in in the temple in Jerusalem. And then at the Passover, every family needed to bring a lamb to sacrifice the lamb on their family. And every festival. It needed a lamb and so a shepherd would take the little lamb and so it wouldn't become bruised or broken when it was born. They would wrap the lamb in swaddling clothes and they would literally lay the little lamb for a season of time in a feeding trough that we call a manger. (laughs) Yes, the Old Testament shepherds put the little lambs in swaddling cloth and laid them in a manger. And when Jesus was born, we cannot be surprised that when the shepherds showed up and saw Jesus, the Lamb of God, in a manger, they weren't shocked because John the Baptist said when Jesus was there, he said, look, behold, the Lamb of God. For hundreds of years, hundreds of years, priests would bring a lamb sacrifice it at the temple. For hundreds of years, families would bring a lamb at the Passover without blemish or defect and would offer the lamb on behalf of their family. But Jesus became and is the lamb of God and became the ultimate sacrifice and ended the old covenant and introduced the new covenant. Jesus is the lamb of God. Jesus became the better way. Somebody give a clap offering of praise in this place today. On that Palm Sunday, I'm told that there were two processionals. The first procession was of all the shepherds bringing thousands of lambs into the temple. A procession of lambs that were unwillingly entering Jerusalem to be slaughtered as a sacrifice for sin. But then there was Jesus the Lamb of God, who procession in Jerusalem willingly and freely and willingly went to a cross for you and me. The second decision of Easter is the decision to give for God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son. And Jesus gave his life for you and me. He became the sin offering. He became the propitiation. He became the penalty for our sin. Jesus, on our behalf, went to a cross. And then after after he died and after he had said it is finished, they took him off the cross. And they, they borrowed a tomb from Joseph of Arimathea. And they put him in the tomb it's like Jesus was dead and they took a large stone and they put Jesus in lockdown and they put the large stone over the grave and they put a Roman seal over it but that lockdown 2000 years ago didn't work because on Easter Sunday morning when the ladies came to the tomb the stone was rolled away and the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out the stone was rolled away so Jesus could get into the hearts of those people and so they could go in and see the the tomb is empty and I'm here to declare to you on this Easter Sunday that Jesus is not dead God is not dead Christianity is not a dead religion we don't serve a dead savior he went to a cross for our sins but on the third day up from the grave he arose and he is alive today somebody give a clap offering of praise I'm told in the ancient Jewish culture That the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb. Would be sacrificed. On the ninth hour. The Jewish time began at six in the morning. The ninth hour was three in the afternoon. By our time. When did Jesus. Die. On the ninth hour. At three o'clock. He. The lamb of God. Became the fulfillment of the Old Testament lambs. We don't gotta make a sacrifice over and over again. He became the sacrifice once and for all for our sins. How many people are glad that Jesus took your place in my place? Come on. How many people are glad that Jesus took our place on the cross? The first decision of Easter is the decision to love, the second decision is the decision to give. Lastly, it's your decision it's the decision to believe for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life whoever I love that word because whoever teaches us that the invitation for salvation is an invitation for everyone. Nobody is left out. Jesus died that everyone would be saved. The invitation is for you in the main auditorium. The invitation is for you in the overflow rooms. The invitation is for you watching online. Whoever believes, it's an interesting Greek word. It means to trust. It means to rely, but it actually means to stretch yourself upon whoever puts their everything into the hands of Jesus. Whoever believes shall not perish. And the Greek word perish means to be separated. You see, friends, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you are not separated from God. God doesn't send anybody to hell. He makes a way for you and I to go to heaven. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Christianity is not a dead religion. It's a live relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, "I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but half, eternal life. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Whether you're here in the main auditorium, the main level up in the balcony, or in one of our many overflow rooms, or you're watching online, my question for you is, have you decided to invite Jesus Christ into your life? I don't want you to think you're ready for heaven. I don't want you to hope you're ready for heaven. I want you to know beyond any shadow of doubt that I'm going to heaven. Coming to church doesn't make you any more of a believer than standing in your garage makes you a car. You can read the Bible. You can go to church. You can sing the songs. You can give in the offering. Your mom and dad may have raised in the church, but have you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life? You must choose for yourself. Have you invited Jesus in your life? Was there a time? Was there a place? Was there a moment that you said yes to Jesus and you said, Jesus, come into my life? You're here today in the main auditorium, Overflow, watching online. If you can't answer that question with a definite yes, I have no greater joy than to lead you in a prayer to invite Jesus to be the center of your life. So I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I'm going to invite you to join me. And we care about your spiritual journey so much. We're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I receive you in my life. I confess you today as my Savior and my Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Main auditorium, overflow at home. Stand to your feet right now. Come on, stand here. Put your hands together. Let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate salvation. Let's celebrate salvation. I believe this morning on this Easter Sunday, on this resurrection day, that there's many in this auditorium and in the overflow, and watching online, that you make the best decision of your life, you ask Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. And if you don't attend a life-giving Bible-believing church, we'd be honored if you joined us in the journey. In just a little bit, on your way out at the exit points, we've got tables and friendly people there. We got a Bible for you; it's free. If you accept the Christ in your life, we got a little booklet called "Follow." It's free. Pick one up. We just want to give that to you. We have an online follow class that will help you. In your new faith journey. Go to our church website. Check that out. If you still have many questions about Christianity. You're like, I'm not sure yet. We have a ministry called Alpha, and it's offered online. Go to our church website. Register for it. It will be a blessing to you. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd love to have you join us in the journey. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11, and I know on Friday we stepped into this this uh, this this order of, of, of uh, extended order where we can't go out, that kind of thing. But I'm glad that we could still gather on Sunday we're allowed to have fifteen percent capacity in any of our room in this building, and so we're come on. Isn't it great that we can gather here this morning on, on Easter Sunday? And we're glad, and we've made this COVID friendly. We've made it COVID friendly, and we're abiding by those guidelines. And we're glad that we can be here today. But next Sunday at nine or eleven, registration is up. If you're going to join us on site, register. We're beginning an eight-part brand new sermon series next week. We're calling it Clarify. And we're going to look at some pretty amazing topics in the Bible. What the Bible has to say about these topics. It's called clarify. Spread the word. You're not going to want to miss it. We got chocolate for all of the boys and the girls when you exit this morning. Come on, boys and girls. And outside, you can get your chocolate. It's there for you. Now, most of you have chosen to give online. But if you're here this morning, you're ready to give on site. There's ushers in the back with buckets, and there's debit machines in the lobby. And I want us to, one more time, give a great big shout-out to all of our guests. Come on, let's let our guests know how glad we are that you're here today. And if you're a first-time guest, I hope you enjoyed your experience. My name is Mark. I'm the lead pastor here, and on behalf of our pastoral team, thank you for joining us today. We hope you come back, and thank you to all those of you who've joined us online, and uh, we're just glad that our guests are here. We got a coffee card for every first-time guest on your way out. At the exit point, there's tables with friendly people there. Pick one up. If you're a member of this church, i got to emphasize it, annual business meeting next Sunday night online. But today is the deadline to register, not tomorrow, today. Make sure you register today. We really want you a part of that annual meeting. How many people are glad that the tomb is empty? Come on. I said, how many of people are glad that the tomb is empty? I pray today that we'd understand that the grave is empty and nothing is impossible with God. There's Some of you have walked in today with a heart that is heavy, with a sickness in your body, with a burden that you're carrying. We're going to give our burden to Jesus. We're going to worship. We're going to worship in grave to garden in these final moments. And we're going to believe that the resurrection power of Jesus would be released in this place. Nothing is impossible with God. Disease in your body, may you be healed this morning in the name of Jesus. Headaches, may you be healed in the name of Jesus. Cancerous tumors, be gone in the name of Jesus. May every mountain be cast in the seed. I want to invite you. Thank as Pastor Brad and the worship team sing, I want to invite you just to celebrate. I want to invite you to worship because Christianity is not a dead religion. It's a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Whatever your need is, the answer is Jesus. And He is in the house this morning. He is the Lamb of God. Amen. So before before the worship team begins to sing, could you put your hands together and give one loud clap offering of praise to our Lord God Almighty, to our Lord God Almighty. To our Lord God Almighty. Now let's move from grave to garden. And I've searched the world But it couldn't fail me man's empty praise and treasures of faith I never enough. And you came along and you put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Come on, there's nothing until oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing. There's no is risen. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I'm going to close our time together in a word of prayer. And moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, remember there's chocolate for the children outside. And we're so glad that you came. We trust you enjoyed your experience today. But I need to ask you a favor. Let's not linger too long. Let's move out as quick as we can. We've got another full service coming very shortly. And we need to help transition and make sure this place is COVID ready as another service comes in at 12 o'clock. So Father God, thank you for our time today. Thank you for everyone that has gathered here in the main auditorium and in the overflow rooms and those, the many who have joined us online. I pray blessing on everyone. I pray Jesus that this powerful, familiar scripture, John three sixteen, would ring true again in our hearts. I thank you, God, that you loved us. I thank you that you sent your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. Thank you, Jesus, that you died. Thank you, Lord, for the many who gave their heart to you. Help us to help them in their new faith journey. So, Lord, on this resurrection day, may we give you all the glory, the honor, the praise. Give everyone a great day and a great week. In Jesus' name, amen.